This is 105.9 The Region. There are so many ways of communicating these days, but nothing seems to beat the one-on-one. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Welcome to In Conversation. Thank you for being with us. This show is, in my view, upfront, up close, and uplifting. So let's get right to it. Body break, keep fit, and have fun. A winning formula for over three decades. Body break was created by, founded by, lived and breathed by Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. This dynamic and dedicated duo has been passionately promoting fitness, health, and happiness to Canadians from all walks of life. We are in conversation now with Hal and Joanne. Thank you for joining us, both of you. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I want to start with you, Hal. You posted a a video, YouTube video, uh, several months ago, and you talked about the reasons for creating Body Break. Tell us what they were. Well, uh, one of the reasons for creating Body Break was to show that we can all live, work, and play together. Um, The other reason was for fitness and health. Uh, We thought that this uh, was a great vehicle and a great way to um, get Canadians healthy. So it, it's, uh, it was a kind of a combo of things. And I, you know, it was sparked, um, by, uh, Joanne and I, our love for fitness and health, but also our, uh, um, racism that, uh, that occurred to me right around the time, um, uh, in around June 8th of 1988 is when we came up with the concept and idea, um, because of things that had occurred. One of which was at the racetrack at Woodbine, they asked uh, me to move. I was doing an acting um, thing up at, uh, for a commercial, and they asked me to not be next to the the girl and, and be next to the guy. And I asked why later, and they said, well, the client didn't want a black guy next to the white woman. They didn't think that was appropriate. So it was uh, that kind of really got me thinking about um, my past and, and uh, racism that had occurred. And, and Joanne and I had been noodling the, an idea around, and so it just kind of a spark hit at that day. And, and um, I wrote a storyboard out, and Joanne, Joanne approved it, um, and she, uh, she got on board. Uh, you know, but a, a lot of it was both of us coming together and getting this uh, off the ground. And, and within, I guess, about four months of that, uh, we had a, uh, had a contract with participation. So, Joanne, I know that you both shopped this around, and it was not readily and easily accepted by the companies and corporations that you shopped this idea to. That's correct. Um, Hal, um, having his uh, sales background um, before we started Body Break, uh, we had a pilot, a couple of pilot shows and shopped them around to different agencies and corporations, and everybody was very positive in, in terms of, wow, I haven't seen anything like this. But they didn't know how it could fit into the um, the way media uh, was at that at that time and uh, whether or not it could be sponsored or they just didn't know how it, it could fit. So um, we were um, kind of left hanging with great idea, but we don't know how it could play out. So what do you mean by that? Uh, what What were they saying to you about why they couldn't see how it would fit into the landscape of 1988 in Canada? Well, it was. It, it seemed to be a lo- little more progressive than um, the fitness end of things. I never thought, really. It's kind of my naive or not focusing on it, is that they were saying because I'm black and Joanne's white, 
uh, we're not going to put on the air. I just would come back all positive saying they'd never seen anything like this before. You know, let's keep, keep going. We'll make it. We'll make it. And I, I really, I said to Joanne on June 8th of 1988, this will change your life. And I think that's the only thing I've ever said <laughs> profound that actually <laughs> happened. Um, and, and it has. And so, but what happened is that when I knocked on TSN's door and TSN loved it and they said they'd like to put it on the air, but because I'm black and Joanne's white, they can't do it. That's when the light bulb went off, and I, I went home that day, and I asked Joanne, I said, who promotes fitness and health for the government? And she said, participation. And I said, that's who we have to uh, um, talk to. And then I called them at 3.30 in the afternoon and, and, um, and had a meeting two days later, and, and literally, as I said, the rest was history. So, Joanne, over 30-plus years, do you think that you and Hal and Body Break, do you think – You've made a difference when it comes to combating racism, normalizing mixed-race relationships, but also getting Canada fit. Well, I think uh, getting Canada fit is an ongoing process, and uh, and and it's changing people's habits. I, you know, I think we've we've all had a you know you, yourself, you've had an impact on those uh, um, people who used to take the aerobics classes or were connected with you in in some respect, and that's how we feel that we we've we've had a a, a small impact on on getting people to get up and at least think about it, be aware of it. And I think in, in terms of, um, you know, the racism or being inclusive on body break, I think it, it's the remarks that we hear back from people that they didn't even realize, you know, they, we were an interracial couple that says it all. But also one of the things that, uh, we're very cognizant about right from the very beginning. It's not just race that we wanted to be inclusive with. It was persons with disabilities. It was uh, showing, you know, that women are as equal uh, to men and that there's, you know, really trying to combat racism and sexism and the, and the discrimination against persons with disabilities. Uh, we're putting a lot of our body, old, we're putting our body breaks up on our YouTube channel because we, <laughs> somebody said to me we were YouTube before there was YouTube, <laughs> and we we put the put them up. And as we're putting them up and releasing them uh, a couple every week, we, we kind of reflect and look at how many people with disabilities that we put into the shows, and those that wasn't by accident. It was purposeful. It was to show them that they're part of the landscape. Uh, that was that was really critically important uh, to us, and and a lot a lot of our shows have peace, persons with disabilities that we never say that uh, it's not like a wheelchair basketball game, although we did do that. Um, but it was uh, showing them uh, that they're in a restaurant doing sign language, so a person who's deaf is going to see themselves, and then they think they're they feel part of the culture. The path to fitness and well-being in my view, has changed over the past three decades. So it's become a little more high-tech, maybe more high-powered. And sometimes, and again, this is just my opinion, not as kind as it used to be. There's a lot of shouting at people as we're trying to motivate them to get fit. Have you had to change your messaging at all? We, I don't believe we've changed our messaging over the, the last three decades or so. It's always been about finding something that you enjoy, 
get out there, be active, be with people that you, you like being with and, and being challenge yourself. And that's where I find in terms of the technology has been great in terms of how it's integrated into fitness and wellness is that it's, you know, he, he, now you have control and you actually, you know, you can see your results for your efforts and it can motivate you to, you know, if you're sitting at your desk for too long, it, you know, you get the buzz and it tells you to stand up. And there's all, so technology, I think, has enhanced it. But I, but I think for us, the message has, has remained the same. Well, I also think that for us, you know, the keep fit and have fun motto that we came up with, uh, in 1988 is still what we go by today. And, and unfortunately, what I think today, it's too much go for a workout, um, not let's go play. Because when I was a kid, I didn't think about going over to the high school and throw the ball against the wall as a workout so I could develop my arm and get stronger. I was going to play. And I think that's what um, really body break, essentially what it was all about, is let's go out and have fun. Let's go out and play. And in the in in the meantime, what'll happen is that you'll geez, you're going to get fit and you're going to have fun. Wow, isn't that a novel concept? So that's really what it was all about, and and I think that that's really still true today. And it's a concept that has stood the test of time. So I want to ask you, Joanne, you're married to the job and you're married to each other. I can also <laughs> ask how this. So what are the challenges and what are the 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 joys of of that? being married to each other, but also being married to this job? I think the, the, well, the biggest positive is that you're able to share something with someone that is so detailed and we've had so many experiences and we both, we can, you know, you can say one word and the other person remembers, you know, an experience or why you felt the way you, you do. Um, I think, you know, being able to share something so you know your your personal and your your professional life together is is pretty special and um in terms of uh challenge it's really not that challenging well i th- i think the biggest challenge is that you can't get away from it and it's having the discipline to know when to get away from it. And Joanne has a lot better discipline than I <laughs> from, <laughs> from doing that uh, uh, element of it. And I think that's the, the, the biggest challenge. But it's also, um, you do feel like your partners, um, your partners in this that, you know, um, and I, I think we experience things like whether it be speaking engagements across the country or now doing virtual speaking engagements across the country. Whatever we do, we've done it together, and that you know includes the Amazing Race, and that's why we thought we had a big advantage, even though we were very much older than a lot of the other teams, because we knew how to work together, and we knew what buttons not to push and uh, what buttons to push. Do you think that staying fit and healthy helps one age gracefully? Um, it depends on genetics. I think um, 50% of it's genetics, and and uh, you know we all will have our necks and uh, our things that we have to go through. Um, but the chances are, you know, you, the things that you do when you're 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 20, 30, 40, 50 years old um, is going to help your future self. Um, it, it's just it's just going to help. And so. You know, genetics plays a huge role, but taking care of yourself 
when you're younger certainly will help you when you get older. And discipline helps. And I'm directing this one at Joanne. Joanne, when I was uh, speaking with Hal last week, setting up this interview, he said, well, Joanne is out right now on a, I think he said 90 minute or two hour run, one or the other. (laughs) And I, I had to pull my jaw up from the ground and put it back into my mouth. That's quite incredible that you have maintained such in just enormous ability and energy and fitness. Your fitness level is through the roof. Well, thanks, Anne. I, you know, I, I think I'm like everyone else. You know, you, you, you see the numbers count, you know, kind of uh, changing every year. And it's almost like um, on one hand, I'm in denial. But on the other hand, you know, I know it's reality that things are changing and it's what can I change in my lifestyle to make me able to still enjoy the things that I like. And I have found that um, being able to switch up my my workout routine from just being a runner to uh, being um, training for the um, Ironman has made a huge difference. I've incorporated swimming you know, just the last couple of years and, and biking, a uh, little less impact on the joints, but wow, what a great environment to be in, in terms of going to the pool or going and being with a, 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 a tri group. That's how I've tried to kind of keep it fresh, um, knowing that, you know, I do have limitations and, um, but it still makes me feel good. And I, you know, I, I still feel like I'm in my 20s, even though my body <laughs> says no. Hal, Joanne, body break, what's next? Well, we're doing uh, a lot of corporate, uh, uh, virtual corporate uh, talks, and we're do- doing them not just simply like speaking into a camera with a uh, uh, a computer screen. Uh, we're doing them uh, like a TV show. So we've set up uh, like a four camera shoot um, demonstrating exercises, nutrition. Uh, it's really a television show that we're doing virtually for corporations and, uh, and organizations across the country. And, and we're having some fun with it mm-hmm. and, um, and, and really enjoying that. And, and who, I guess that's one of the things about COVID is that, you know, is that we don't know what's next. We can't look forward to things. Um, but this is what I'm looking forward to and, uh, and trying to, to, to do it as a, as a real positive to, uh, to Canadians. And Joanne? Well, I, I look uh, at the same way in terms of uh, as how that it is difficult to plan too much in the future. And if people just kind of, just as what we are, you know, just kind of um, one step at a time, uh, don't get caught up in um, what you can't do. Look for things that you can do. And uh, that helps not only physically, but uh, mentally as well. Hal Johnson, Joanne McLeod, Body Break. Thank you for joining us in conversation. This was wonderful. Thank Thank you, you, Anne. Coming up, how one Canadian city is balancing its budget and keeping taxes low. Wow. This is In Conversation with Anne Romer. Is there someone you want to learn more about? Drop us a line. Info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation with Ann Romer on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to the show. Richmond Hill, like many cities in Canada, is dealing with one of the biggest fiscal challenges in its history, the Big B, the budget. 
The cost of COVID used to be a catchphrase. Now it is the new normal, the new mountain to climb, the new reality. Joining us to try and make sense, maybe dollars and cents, of Richmond Hill's 2020 budget and with a look ahead to 2021 is Richmond Hill's Deputy Mayor and Budget Chair, Joe DePaula. Thank you for taking time to join us in conversation. Well, thank you for having me, Anne. It's a pleasure. So let me ask you this. What kind of adjustments have you had to make as a result of this pandemic? Well, obviously, Anne, we've, we've made a lot of unprecedented uh, changes in what we normally do at the City of Richmond Hill. We've experienced a devastating financial impact, obviously, from COVID. But uh, the financial impact has been uh, just as severe on, on, on all three levels of government. And it's uh, something that's been quite challenging for, for us at City Hall. Back in February, uh, you uh, saw the operating budget passed $184.5 million and with a 0.73% tax increase. And I understand one of the lowest, if not the lowest, in the GTA. Where does your budget stand now as we are in the second wave of the pandemic? Well, well Anne, I'm proud to say we, we are on track and it hasn't been easy. Uh, we, we experienced a $15 million shortfall in our revenues as a result of the COVID impacts and having closed our facilities and and not having the revenue that we generally get. So our staff has done a wonderful job in identifying ways of saving money. We saved $9 million um, through changing the way we operate. Uh, we've we've uh, managed to find really within the budget another $5 million and We've, we've reduced that impact to just $1 million on our budget. And fortunately, the provincial government's come through uh, with money to all municipalities. But in, in Richmond Hill's case, it's $4 million. So we, we only need to use $1 million of that to be right on track with 2020. And we've got $3 million to carry forward to 2021. Let's talk about the revenue sources that you had before the pandemic. You had through some of the pandemic, but you no longer have. What are those revenue sources that have been lost because of COVID-19? Well, well all, all the programs that, that, that the city runs, uh, we, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to adapt in, in an emergency like this. All, all of a sudden, we've got 1,400 employees to, that are uh, preparing to do what they normally do. And now we, we've we've closed all our summer camps. We 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 closed all our arenas, and there's there's no no revenue from all those all those hockey teams and all all the parents that use our facilities. So that that's that's the big one. That that's accounted for a, a bulk of the loss of revenue. Uh, there's there's been like every other business, just a lack of activity in in terms of building permits and and. You know, even even weddings that we have at City Hall, and we rented out some of our facilities to do movies in Richmond Hill, and we haven't had any of that revenue that we projected to have in in 2020. The real estate market right across the country here in Ontario and in York Region has been booming. Does that help offset some of that which you've lost from other revenue sources? No, it it doesn't. No, it it doesn't doesn't help us. We're not we're not. Uh, Landowners, and you know, if the if the real estate value goes up, then we adjust our tax rate down. We we collect the same amount from all residents, regardless of the the value of their home. That's not something that the city can take advantage of. 
you had a budget meeting on October 6th talking about the next few months to the end of 2020. Tell me about some of the inspiring ideas uh, that came out of the budget committee in terms of trying to shore up and stay on track as you say you are. Well, we've learned a lot through through this pandemic and, and this crisis. And you know, one of the things we've learned is that our staff can function just as successfully from home, um, even on a permanent basis, and it frees up considerable space within our 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 city hall, our offices. Uh, we're we're going to be leasing out four floors that that had previously been used by our employees, uh, and that's a revenue source. Uh, we we also well we we had to lay off six hundred people, and that's not easy to do, and it you know it it wasn't wasn't fun. Uh, but those are the kinds of difficult choices that had to be made during this pandemic. One of the uh, areas that I know you are most proud of is the fact that back in February, it was just a 0.73% tax increase. What are we looking at now as we approach the end of 2020 and we move into 2021 for Richmond Hill? What are you trying to cap that that tax increase at? Okay, well, for, for, proud to say for 2021, we've got a cap rate of 0.5%. We are going, going to be even lower than we were. Um, with the 0.73 percent from 2020, and I, I believe it'll be one of the lowest, if not the lowest, tax increase in, of any city in the GTA. How are you able to do that? Well, we, we've reorganized al- almost everything that we we do in Richmond Hill. Uh, we, we've gone from six different departments down to three. Uh, we've we have one one less commissioner. We've um, streamlined uh, some of our senior staff positions, and what uh, what accounts for the big changes is we, we decided what are the core services that residents want. We want to deliver excellent core services, even improve on what we had been delivering, but uh, but lower lower the, the administrative costs, and, and we've, we've been successful in doing that. Um, we've also canceled some big, big ticket projects, and boy, were we lucky we did so at the right time. We had a $220 million uh, new city hall that Richmond Hill was about to build. It had been planned for three years, but no money was spent. Uh, We decided not to do that last year. And we saved a lot of money from that was budgeted uh, to build a new city hall. And and lo and behold, we we only require about 60% of the office space that that we needed a year ago. So we went from outgrowing our current city hall to to not even needing that large of a building. Sounds like you need to publish a manual for other municipalities to kind of follow suit. How? Where did all of these ideas come from? And, and tell me the process by which you get the information and make the decisions that are going to help Richmond Hill stay on budget, if you will, and with the, still the excellent core services provided. Yeah, and I th- thanks for asking. Uh, in Richmond Hill, we've got a lot of very successful businessmen and women, and we've looked to the private sector, and we've tried to model our local municipal government and our operation on what the private sector does. And there has been so much innovation that's happened in the last 10, 15 years in the private sector, and you know, governments just didn't catch on or haven't adapted as quickly. So uh, starting two, two years ago, uh, when I was named the budget chair, with, 
with the help of my colleagues and, and council has been great and supportive of our changes. Uh, we, we've just trying to run things like a business. Joe DePala, I know you took a break from politics and, and we're so glad you're back. I know the residents of Richmond Hill are as well. What do you say to them right now about their financial fiscal future? Well, I, and I really sympathize with all their residents and and uh, the, the trying f- financial circumstances that a lot of them are in. But I, I've always looked at it that, that way, that, that that's, the, that's the most important thing. Well, they, they trust us with, with their property taxes, and we have to make sure they're getting the absolute best bang for their buck. Since I was first elected in 1997, it's always been my goal to, to have and to achieve a low tax rate in Richmond Hill. I'm very happy of how we've been able to do so with this budget and our residents for the, for the, for the future can also depend on um, having lower rates because we have healthy reserves. We're, we're not, we're not depleting our reserves to achieve these uh, low tax rates. And we're, we're even putting money away so that we can make sure our facilities, our, our roads and our infrastructure is in good repair and good condition. So, that that's just something that's been important to me, and you know that's the number one thing I hear at the at the doors when I'm when I'm talking to people is, Joe, you know, uh, Richmond Hill does a good job, but my taxes are too high. So anything we can do to change that is something that I'm going to be investigating and trying to implement. Richmond Hill, Ontario's Deputy Mayor and Budget Chair Joe DePaula, thank you for joining us in conversation. Thank you, Anne. Well, that's a wrap for today. Pretty cool show. Who knew that balancing a budget could be so challenging, particularly during COVID? And talk about a balancing act. Hal and Joanne, they have it all figured out after 33-plus years. Body break. Keep fit and have fun. Words to live by, don't you think? Let's keep the conversation going. I'm Ann Romer. Please join me again next week. Bye for now. Follow In Conversation with Ann Romer on Twitter at 1059 The Region. This is 1059 The Region.